0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL America's fastest-growing TV brand.
2: Hockey, Yeah, oh, my favorite. It's
0: Judd's Hockey Show.
2: All right, welcome into another edition of Judd's Hockey Show. It's Zolgad. It's Declan Goff, and uh, we have the special treat of being in the diner today at Tavern Twenty Three with our friend Lou Nanny Louie. How are you
1: doing today? Pretty well, thank you very much. And nice, nice restaurant you, you got here, I by was the way. Say, thanks for coming. Yeah. It is. We're very proud of it. The food's terrific, and people are very, very uh, complimentary about it, so we're, we're thrilled.
2: All right, so um, you, of course, called the Wild Games, what, in Tampa and Carolina and Florida. The last time that we talked about a month ago or so, this was a struggling hockey team that obviously w- was not playing well, and Lou, at that time we talked about uh, the potential directions that they m- might go How much has your opinion and thoughts on this team changed now in in the past
1: month as things have seemingly started to turn around a bit for them? Well, it's changed to the fact where I don't think uh, right now that they're going to be among the bottom teams in the league. I think they're going to have a battle, but they can make the playoffs with one of the things that's very important is staying healthy, of course, but also playing the same way that they're playing. They've been extremely entertaining. They're working hard. And most of all, they're playing the way they have to play. They're playing below the dots. They can't get into running gun games up and down the ice like they did with Carolina. That just shows you, you know, their weakness. But their strengths are the way they can pressure the puck and the way they can support one another. And if they do that, it should be a, a tight, exciting season all the way through. Louis,
0: how much is the goaltending improved, and, and how much is the defense improved? Are, are both those? Do they go hand in hand, or, or is it? Staylock and Coughenann just kind of stabilizing things. How much has the defense of this team kind of improved over this eleven game stretch? I don't
1: think the defense itself has improved because I think they play well all the time. The Wild' their strength is their defense, uh, but the goaltending has improved. They're getting much better goaltending over this stretch than they had earlier because they weren't giving up any weak goals. Uh, there were, you know, in the Tampa game, but they bounced back from that, and and there might have been one or two in the Carolina game, but that game was gone. But overall, they they're. they're goaltenders are making big saves at the right time they're playing uh, with a lot of confidence and they're giving the people playing with them confidence and there's an excellent feeling around the hockey club having the opportunity to spend a week with them I could just sense the kind of camaraderie that they got going, the belief in one another they got going and really uh, right now when you look at it they're a very confident group, much more than I saw earlier in the year, I think that's a big uh, reason why they're, they're playing so well. What changed there? Just the success of things, systems? Yeah.
2: What, what do you think has changed?
1: I think uh, two things. I think they, they, they listened to, to the style of game they had to play and really bought in and did it. But I think what you see is uh, that's the style, John. But the other thing is uh, they, they won some games where they had to come from behind. Uh, they got the good goaltending uh, to stay in games and win games. And then they start believing one another that if they do this, they're going to win. And then it seems like the the, the atmosphere on the team—they're happy for one another. They're excited about yeah. the way they're playing. And and there's all of a sudden—I know—I I felt that when when we play well, you never think you're going to lose. When you play bad, you never think you're going to win. Okay. And they got that feeling that right now that there's a great deal of belief in this hockey club in one another. And I think that's the key point right now. They think that there's nobody to fear in the league that they can beat anybody if they play the way that they're supposed to play, that they're going to win the game. How good can Staylock be? Because it seems to me
2: if he gets an opportunity, I'm not trying to imply he's great, but I think he's solid. And and and, and by the way, at times, his ability to play the puck might drive some crazy, but I think it's a definite attribute to have sort of that third
1: defenseman who can get the puck up uh, quickly. There's... No question in this day and age, if a goaltender can handle a puck and relieve the pressure, and that's what he does so well, you know what it does? It frustrates the opposition because they throw it in, they want to come in and pressure you and yep. have turnovers. He gets to the puck before the, even the defensemen get to it, and the puck, you're going in, and the puck's going out. So that's a big asset that he, he's always done that very well. He's, he's got to be just a little careful because. The more he does it, the more willing he is to try something. <laughs> and you do know that he's going to try to get an empty net goal, the first chance he gets. Because Cat couldn't have almost got he it. He almost did yeah. it. Yeah, and that would, that would, goal that, would drove, that would have drove Stella crazy because he wants to get one. But <laughs> but I, I really believe that uh, he's feeling good about himself and the team's feeling good about him. And, and you know, if you ever talk to him, uh, if, if he thinks he should have a goal, he'll tell you. He, he takes it upon himself. He, he's not afraid to admit a mistake. He, he wants to be tough. He wants to be good in the nets. And he's willing to say, i, I got to do that better. i got to do this better. Guys love that. They, they love the fact that he's aware of what's going to improve. And he's acknowledging that he should have done something better. And he does it better. They love playing with him. And you can't help but like it. The, the guy uh, is a great team member. A great guy to be around, and I think that's a, a good effect for them.
0: Well, with Devin Dubnik away with his family right now, dealing with a, a very serious issue and away from the ice, uh, and obviously best wishes to him and what's, what's going on over there, but at the same time, Capo Kockinen gets an opportunity here. H- how big is that for the Wild to see if you might have your goaltender of the future uh, going forward?
1: Well, I think that's really big, and I, I, I want to see more of him, if he can continue to do what he's done. And the, one of the real surprising things was he let in two goals, and they looked like they could get blown out. And then he shut them right down in Florida. And and all of a sudden, you're saying, "My goodness, you know th- this I mean, this looks like he was going to get blown out of the building." But he's got the presence of mind and the awareness that he's got to do things a little differently, and he does it. And he, and he just seems like he's a strong-willed guy in the Nets, and he played extremely well. The thing I like uh, about him, only having uh, seen him, as you
2: just said, Lou, a couple times too is he appears unflappable. Yeah, He'll give up a really bad goal. And, you know, you, you've seen some guys. That's their night there. Or they're up a goal, and, and he tries to score a goal, which is gutsy and, and might drive a coach crazy at times. But I like that. I like that um, it, it's not that he doesn't care, but he's willing to
1: take chances, and it doesn't feel like he's mentally burdened if things don't go right. Well, that's right. And, you know, when he does that, in his mind, he's not really taking chances. He's making the play that he thinks is the right play. Yes. So that... That is really interesting to see with him because he is young. He's a rookie, and yet he's got the president of mind to think, I could do this or I should do this. And, and he doesn't look at it as, as this is something that I'm taking a chance, of, but I'm going to take it. No, he thinks this is the right play, and I'm going to make it. And so this kid, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you know we're going to see him tonight in the Nets, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watch him play because not only did he play well, he played smart. And and he reacted very well from the first two goals he led on the short side up high. And I think he knew he made a mistake. And after that, he, he covered that area. What what to you, uh, outside of goaltending, was the most pleasant
2: surprise that, that you saw on the games that you uh, 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 saw
1: on that trip? As far as just the team's play? Two things. One, the continued good ability of Erickson Eck, Greenway, and Cunnan to check, and Eck is Ek is a, a young Miko Koivu defensively. He's not going to score like wow. Mikko, but this kid is a terrific, terrific defensive player. And and, and I do not care who they were playing against. They gave them problems. Nobody wants to play against that line. That's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was really pleasing to me is the way that Stahl, Zuccarello, and Zucker are meshing. They were a threat for the whole trip. They, they had so much confidence with the puck and the plays they were making. And, and even though they had a lot of success and scored some goals, they're still upset that they didn't get more because they know they had those kind of chances. Even talking to Zuccarello, I've got to be aware of Zuccarello. He says, he passed that puck so hard, I wasn't ready. I, I had two point-blank goals. He sent him one right off my stick. And that's what Zuccarello does. And I, I've watched this guy closely for the last three years That my grandson was up with the Rangers. And it's surprising how such a small guy can dictate who's coming up with the puck along the boards in the corners and then make plays after that. This guy has got a great feel and presence. And, and the one thing he can do that a lot of people can't do you know, if, if you're watching the game, you see it so many times it gets frustrating, and especially in power plays. People try and force pucks through players. They try and cross ice pass through traffic. And inevitably, many times they lose it, but gets thrown down. This guy looks it away, so you don't know what's coming there. But more than that, it's coming at such a velocity, they, they can't intercept the pass. And that's the difference. And that's why Zucker was getting open net. So just a hard pass, step. for instance? It, really hard. It's not... Little hard. It's really hard. Interesting. He Zucker said he passed the puck harder than anybody's ever seen mm-hmm. pass him the puck, and they're always passed like that. So it gets through traffic. Like take a guy like Granlin. When Granlin was here, yeah. for instance, yeah. Granlin would pass through traffic, but they'd be like little dump plays, and over over the stick, and then you know land. It might bounce. has come with like a rocket, down low, and right across. And so you you've got to be ready. And the good part is the opposition is not ready most of the time. Sure. So the puck gets through, so you're going to get a chance.
0: And Zuccarello was obviously the kind of the prize acquisition of this offseason. He signed a no-movement clause. People yes. were a little confused on the contract. But at least so far in these last 12 games, I mean, he was the player we saw in New York for so many years, and he's been so in, so crucial to the power play and, and the offensive driven of this team. Do you think he that this signing was the right signing for them to make, and, and, is, and how, how important is he to the core of this team right now?
1: Well, there was no question he's a good sign, sign player to have. The only question was the length of the contract. Yeah. And that's how I was going to be there because as people get older, they're going to get slower and things are going to change. Now, personally, I would have signed him for three years and paid him more money for three than sign him for five and pay him less because there's no question for three years this guy can really play. And and he he does more little things than probably anybody around on, on the forward lines you see there, and he, he uses a real long stick. He's he's surprisingly real good at stealing pucks, especially along the boards and in the corners. And his body position is always terrific because he not only gets himself positioned to get the puck, he positions his, his body to get away from the checker or away from the guy he's battling with the puck. And so when you do that, now all of a sudden. You got them in an outnumbered situation because one guy's caught back at the boards or two. So you can make a play, and that's what he's capable of doing. So his stick is longer, right? And Didn't you explain that his
2: stick at one time was not
1: legal in in the National Hockey League, and now it is? Yeah, I I, I would say his length might have not been legal in the old days. Okay. (laughs) Because in in the old days, I, I can't recall. I think it might have been 46 inches, 48 inches. And that's all you could use. And the funny part about it was... We got guys five foot five using that size stick, <laughs> and then we had guys six foot five had to use that kind of stick. Then they finally accepted that the rules committee. Hey, this is unfair. The guy's a bigger guy; he needs a little more stick here, like Bobby so, Smith. Exactly, like yeah, Bobby Smith. Because for a long time, that stick would have been illegal. But so his might even be the regular size stick that we had when he's short. So you can't tell, right? Even longer, but for a player with that height you look at the stick it's a longer stick than normally would be used so he does use a, a longer stick than the average guy or like his size
2: back to the X line, Louis. what makes Eck so difficult to play against and seemingly now and this is a great thing if you're the wild guys hate him but i don't see him i don't you know back in the day you had you pests and cheap shot guys and you'd be like i know why that this guy uh why opponents can't stand him. Eck doesn't seem to be doing, if you watch the game, things that would anger guys, but there's no question he does, and it's very effective.
1: Well, first of all, he's very smart. He's very smart defensively. He's got great idea about how to check a guy and how to play him. And to me, it seems like he plays inside guys. He gets in tight. He gets in close. That frustrates you. You know, you'd like to be checked from feet away maybe I'm watching this guy Yeah, but it seems like he's about two inches away he's always got his body leaning on you he gets in, inside your hands he gets down low sure. and that probably gets frustrating but he has got great balance and excellent strength on his stick when he's battling down low for the puck and his positioning is, is just terrific I think that's why when you look at that, that line they, they take the right positions in the defensive zone, and that's why they, they can go check top lines, because they seem they they always have their body between the net and the puck or the puck carrier. They always are on the right side of the puck, especially Yak. He's always seemingly on the right side of the puck, and that way you, you you have no free look at or lane to the net. And if you're shooting, a lot of times you got to shoot through them. So he's, uh, his positioning, his head, are his biggest strengths.
0: With Ek, too, how big is it having that pest on the team? A guy that can really agitate and get under people's skin. I feel like the Wild have lacked that for, for a few years. So having a player like that on the roster, what does it mean when you're, trying to, you're in opposition, you're trying to get things going, and you have a guy like Eck who's pestering you all night?
1: Well, you know where it really helps when you're in tied games or the team is trailing your team by a goal and you're trying to get something going? And this extra frustration just mounts up, and so that that just you know is another thing that can put the opposition off guard and and off stride. And so uh, he's he's a guy that I know Boudreau does not mind playing against anybody. In fact, when when we were down uh, and and we were in Florida, I said, "Who do you want to get against?" Bakra uh, Barkov uh, uh who do you want to get against that line he says Eck and yeah. and and he started Eck and it surprised me because then Quinville started Barkov and I think Quinville was thinking they're doing this because they don't want Barkov to play against Koivo well the fact is Bruce wanted Coivu to play against someone else because they do have scoring ability with Preci and Atlanta Fiola. Yeah. So he got the matchup he wanted. And obviously Quinville must felt okay about it because he had last change and is very good at at getting who he wants against somebody else when he's got last change. Um Ryan Donato, question for you, sir, because this is the one thing and look,
2: Bruce has done a great job, and I think Bruce is a great coach. But this whole thing of him playing sometimes more and then not, not playing, which I sort of get I don't like, but what's driving me crazy now is, and I, and I know Bruce is trying to win games, so that there's a balance here, but Donato being moved to center at times is driving me nuts because I want this kid to play the wing and be left a- alone, and I want, I want this to be a time when you can find out who is this kid exactly because I don't think he's a bad player. I don't know for sure, but I don't think he's bad. Would you prefer that he just gets put on the third or, or fourth line and just gets left there, though? Because, you know, he plays, he goes to the pivot, then he struggles a bit, then it seems like he doesn't play a- as much because of his struggles there. And I just would really like to have him left on the wing and find out.
1: Well, if you look at it, uh, he was playing on the wing and yep. would have been left out, But you had the injury to Koivo. Now, you get the injury to Coyvo and who are his wings? Fiela and Prici, two really good uh, productive wings that can score goals. So, you try Rask there, and you have to remember, uh, Rask, he might play hard, but he's not quick. So, Fiela is not going to be in sync with him because Fiela is so fast. Now, Donato, what you don't realize, Donato's whole life has been a centerman. He played center from when I watched him in, in the USA teams. He played center in Harvard. Yep. He played center when he came up with the Bruins the first time. He played center with... the uh, National team, all that. So it's not a foreign position to him. Now, that doesn't mean that he's an accomplished center. He's got to learn on a check in that part. But you get into a game like they got in the Carolina, and all of a sudden uh, the game's going up and down, and the Wilds not playing the style they want to play. But more than that, you got Parisi, Fiella and Ras against a couple of their speedsters. Yeah. So... I thought it was a really smart move on Bruce's part. He took Rasco out to put him back in the checking line. And he put Donato, who's got speed. He can really speed, uh, skate. He's got speed, and he's also got a shot to try and get the second line some offensive uh, chances. And, and they did do some th- good things offensively. Now, will he continue to do that? Probably not, because... Um, I would think when Coyle comes back, that line's going to go back to the situation. Donato will go back to the wing. But the the choices he had that night during the game. I get that. That if, was the right choice. It was just a tough uh, yeah. role to, to be yeah. asked to
2: play. And and if I'm not mistaken, they tried Donato at center in training camp and decided to bail, which is fine. I, I just would like to see they him.
1: They didn't try him in training camp. No. Oh, I th- I th- oh, at the beginning, did. they did. Yeah. In training because, camp and then yeah, back to the wing. Yeah, because Bruce talked to his dad. He didn't. Bruce didn't realize he played center all his life. Okay. And he didn't want to be putting Cunningham at the wing. And and I was happy he didn't put Cunningham on the wing. I don't want to break up the line of Erickson. I do agree with that. Greenway and We're Carlton. all on board with that. And yeah. so, you know, now you've got to fill the hole. What are your options? You had Rask, Hartman, and Donato. Well, there's no question who's the fastest yeah. of the three. And, and who's got the shot. So... You take a, you take a look Carolina at that. That Carolina
2: team, though, is a tough matchup
1: because oh, they're so fast. Yeah, well. And they
2: played that game. To your point, okay. the the Wilds started to play that Carolina game, yeah. and they're not fun. in a position to win
1: that game. Right after, right after the 5-on-3, they started playing the Carolina game. Yeah, it's over. And they were they, they had to revert back, which they didn't. But the one thing about that you saw in the game was actually Donato didn't play bad after with, with Preci and and, uh, and Fiala. I mean, Fialov, and he turned three pucks over inside the blue line, Yep, and, and other guys turn over beside Kevin. Kevin's been coming along, been playing better, he's made some uh, really big strides, I think, offensively, but every now and then, he's got to be more diligent on what he does with the puck, especially in his own zone. To me, that's where his weakness is, his own zone. Mm-hmm. He's got to be thinking before that puck comes, what are my options, and, and start with the best option, and, and, and make certain you know, turn them over there. And, and I thought, uh, you know, they had a couple of chances. They could have got some goals, those three guys. So I, I wasn't upset about that move during the game because he had to do something. I thought that was the best option.
0: I know in going to that Carolina game, injuries forced Victor Rask up into that top six to start the game. Yeah. But, you know, before that, he actually, I thought, for the last couple of weeks was playing very well in a fourth line role. I know we know his salary cap hit, we know that that's a lot of money, but. Do you think a fourth-line role is just suited for him and he should just probably be put in that lane to be successful?
1: Yeah, because it's skating. Yeah. In, in this day and age, if you can't skate, basically you can't, can't play one of those top lines. You, you're going to have a real tough time. You've got you to be extremely gifted in another way of either seeing the net, putting it in the net, or, or making a play somehow. But uh, his best option, he's played well in that fourth line. And he's given them a little offensive flair because he can do things with the puck, and the guys in the fourth line aren't as quick as the guys they had in the, in the second line, like Fiala, for instance. And, and and so, you know, it's not a bad it's not a bad place for him. Rask
2: is a a very good player. Louis circa nineteen eighty seven yeah. or so, yeah. right? Because he's got some he's he's got those he's got the skills. Yeah, you got but good, you're right. He just it's skating. Yeah. And I don't think you can. I don't think you can take his current speed, his current age, and up it a lot.
1: No, you can't. It's not I like mean, he's a kid who can no, go to power no, skating. No, even going to power skating. Let's face it. You power skating, you might get a hair quick or something. Yeah. I think but, they tried that actually too. Yeah, but you, you, you know, you're you either you either got those fast twitch muscles, you either have speed or you don't. You know, I mean, you you can improve it a little, but you're not going to all of a sudden go from. Uh, an average skater at best to one of the fastest guys in the team. It doesn't work that way, or you'd have six hundred guys. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like that,
2: yeah. Is um, Matt Dumba's lack of points, Lou, in, in your mind, is that a concern? Because I like this kid, and I think he's going to be very good. But is his lack of points a concern at this point, or a product
1: of of him trying to play a more responsible game, or what do you see? Well, I I, I, I personally feel that. Uh, he's got to put more shots on than that. He's missing the net a lot, and he's passing up some shots. Uh, this kid has got a lot of ability, uh, and he can skate. He's tough. He can compete, and his shot is as good as anybody's. And I think he's got to remember that he's got that shot. And many times uh, he's got to get himself in a little better position to shoot off the pass rather than have a pass and have to take a look whether they're going to shoot or not because everybody in the league knows how he can shoot. So he's getting less time. Well, everybody in the league knows Ovechkin shoots, and they give him less time. So what do you do? You get yourself <laughs> in position to shoot, and you shoot when the puck comes. i tell you what he does. He it's sets a, up on the power play yeah. in that circle and one-times him. Yeah, but he does. But they still watch him. They know where he is. Yeah. So he's not going to be checked in a way that he, he, he can't be available. He makes himself available. That's what Dumb has to do. Now, he's got to do it at a higher Position, I mean, out toward the blue line, the is are a little lower. But Matt should almost try and, you know, practice after practice at getting shots across the blue line on the net, cross on the net. So if he doesn't have to wait and he can get that puck through, because everybody wants it, they're going to block a shot. They know how dangerous it is. So it's that split second getting the puck away a little quicker. And on the net, that's make all the difference in the world.
0: How much too is that? Maybe that pectoral injury he suffered to maybe nothing, and nothing. Nothing. He's, he's good and ready to go. No,
1: you just watch him shoot. Yeah. Yeah, he can still shoot. In the
0: preseason, you saw, I mean, I, yeah. there was a couple
1: of no, in the preseason. No, I think you you're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're collapsing on yeah, him. Yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Why, why wouldn't you? You know what right. I mean? And and so, you, you know that everybody's going to try and get the way to block the shot. Mm-hmm. So you got to get it away before they get in position because. They can't move as fast as that puck coming across. That's the one thing he's got going for him. If the pass comes fast on his stick in his wheelhouse, he can get rid of it before somebody can react to block it.
2: Spurgeon being out for two weeks hurts this team how much? Because obviously that's
1: a pretty major loss for them. How many games they got? <laughs> it's a major loss for three-game home stand. Hey, they're yeah. finally
2: home for a yeah, while.
1: Right? The NHL finally game, some home games. Amazing. But no, that, that, that's, a, that's a big difference. You know, when you you take away your Best puck-moving defenseman. or are equally good, if not the best offensive defenseman. And we all know how good. It's a, it's actually surprising how good defensively he is. So you think a guy like out there, you can't replace him? If you could replace him, that guy would have been there at the beginning of the oh, year. yeah, that guy. That doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't. You know, you, you just can't do it. So uh, it's it's huge. Everybody's got to pick up the slack, like you say, but. You, know, you might get you might get through a couple games, through three games, and everybody picks up the slack. But you're kidding yourself if you think that everybody's you're going to play just as good without Spurgeon as you are with him. If you haven't added anybody along his lines of ability to play, that, that means you've had a drop in ability in that lineup. And everybody got to play harder, maybe play a little better, and that's how you get by. But to try and get by for two weeks, they're going to suffer a little bit.
0: Brendan Minnell, the uh, young kid, they called up the Woodbury product. He has a pretty cool story, obviously, with the professional tryout, and he's been playing very well in the AHL. I don't know if you've interacted with him or met him at all, but w- what can Wild fans hopefully expect? And you can't replace Spurgeon, obviously, but how can he maybe be successful here in a short little call-up?
1: Well, hes he, I, I would say he's going to have to play like a Brad Hunt. Right. Brad moves the puck. Brad can shoot the puck. And Brad really is. He's got some offensive capabilities to give him the chance to score, and that's. That's what Manel's going to bring to the game. He, you know, to expect him—he's about the same size as Spurgeon, just a hair taller maybe. So you, you can't expect him to be as good defensively because he's just learning the game. And Spurgeon is a gifted guy that knows body position, and and it's tough to replace there. But this kid maybe can add a little puck moving ability back in defense. And um, I just don't know when they add him in, who's coming out because. The guys in there right now, uh, you know, he'll probably take out Sealer because Susie yeah. might have definitely had the best game ever in Tampa. Yes. And he's, had, and he's I like better Susie and better lot. every time. Absolutely. He's playing with a lot of confidence. And you're certainly not going to move Sutter, Dumba, Brodine, who's out of this world, and, and uh, Brad Hunt. Susie's got some moves, too,
2: offensively. I love when he comes in. And he, I, I think, was, and it's not surprisingly, Louie, he was probably hesitant to do that early on in this season. But really,
1: that trip, you saw him pinch in a few times. He's got some offensive skills. He's playing with a lot of confidence right now. He feels that uh, right now he, he's he's playing loose and free. He's not encumbered by what if I do this, what if I do that, exactly. what if I make that mistake. And so he has done a marvelous job back there. And, and you know, on top of that, he's moved up and he's playing with with Dumba right now, I mean with uh, Brodine right now, and when you're playing with Brodine, I, you got to have a lot of confidence, because Brodine defensively is, he's a marvel. The way he can skate, the way he you know, does things, uh, this guy is amazing.
2: This might sound weird, Lou, but where
1: um, among the uh, de- defensemen that you've covered or watched,
2: where does Brodine fall? Because you know, he's not flashy, and you can sort of get, watch a game and not come away talking about Brodine, but to me, the stability he often brings is, is irreplaceable because I'm also hard-pressed to think about the times I've seen him flat-out screw up. He doesn't really, I don't think. Where, where, did, where does Sk- he fall as far as underrated defensemen go?
1: Well, skating-wise, there's nobody that I can think of uh, in this wild organization since they've been here can skate any better than Brodine or as good. The guy's a marvel the way he can skate. And trust me, I know some teams would love to have him just because they can't handle some of the somebody like McDavid. Brodeen's the only type, of, he's the type of guy that can skate and position himself and do well. Uh, this guy, right now, if you would say, uh, who's the most valuable piece that's tradable, it would probably be Brodine. Everybody, I, I know that some teams would pay a lot for him. This guy can really play. And as you said, Judd, he's so underrated and underappreciated he's, because he's smooth, he's not flashy, and he's not, he, he's not a, a real threat offensively. He, he should be better than he is right. offensively for the skills that he's got to make up his ability, and that's skating, puck handling, and shooting. He should be better offensively. But everybody needs a guy like this to play defense, uh, to play against top people, to move pucks out of the zone, and create stuff. Th- this guy is, right now he's, uh, I'd say he's the most valuable trading piece that they would have.
2: Um, all right, explain this if you can, but we re- referred to it earlier in this uh, podcast. And I, I read a story, ESPN.com, the past couple days it came out, that the Wild actually, the league went to the team and said, Uh, We're going to have you play basically constantly on the road for the first two-plus months or so, or three months. Um, How does that happen? Because this schedule has been—and I'm not saying that that it's the fault for the team's record, but I am saying that I I would guess in your day, if the league had come to you uh, with this schedule for the North Stars and said, yeah, you're not going to be home basically until late December, you would have objected.
1: I would have never taken it. Yeah, so how does this— well, it happens because you were in the midst of um, uh, making a change in general managers. So the one manager's going out while the schedule's getting completed and put together. Okay. And the new guy's coming in, be, and it's basically said before he ever gets his feet on the ground working. And, and you have to let me put it this way as a general manager in an organization, you have to work in concert to giving them dates where they can do this. And, and the Wild have a little bit of a conundrum because their building is so good for concerts that everybody wants to play there. So, and now some of these concerts are getting a year out in advance. So what you have to do as an organization, you got to work with your building people and with the ownership to say, look, I need, you got 41 home games, I need... 55 nights 55 nights that I can go and say we're locked in here you can't book a concert till they're freed up and then you give them a situation where they can't do this because they only see you have to give them nights to work with and they take the nights you give them to work with then they make a schedule so if you if you give them the nights right You'll never get caught in a situation like this. You can't do, like, I'm sure there's a method to do it, but in the old days, they didn't have the computer, so I'd go to Montreal three times in the summer, and I'd be up on a, on a wall. And I'd say, no, I'm, first of all, I'm having Saturdays, because it was a big draw. We needed draws. You did a great job with so Saturdays. So we had, like, 13, 14 Saturdays yep. right away. Then I'd have no Mondays, because I don't want to be against Monday night football. Yep. Then, then I'd have no back-to-backs. And, you know, what's lost in all of this, we're not talking about it's selling tickets. Do I want to be at home 10 games in a month when somebody's got to buy tickets? So now it's tough for them to get to 10 games, so now they've got to move the tickets. They might, might get upset they didn't move the tickets, or they're not splitting. you got to watch those kind of things. And, and so you have, to, you have to work something. And the league understands that if you go them, say, look, like I would never take four and five nights. And, and when it was back-to-back, I wanted to be the home team on the back-to-back. There are all these things you do. And, and you work it, and you have to work in tandem with the league, but you structure by giving them the dates to can affect the way your schedule is. And think about now, especially, guys, with tickets and yeah. the That's price it. of tickets. Yeah. You know,
2: but back in uh, back in the day, the North Star t- uh, tickets weren't cheap, but nothing compared to this no. now. So if you're trying to split packages with your buddies yeah. or something, and you're right, Louis, now you got to come to them and say... Okay, there's basically no games through December at the X, yeah. but in February yeah. it's going to be crazy. So you're exactly right.
0: I guess, too, with the road-heavy schedule and with how the Wild have played these last two weeks, now that they're going to be at home for, I would, I would reckon, about two-thirds the remaining of their schedule here, I mean, looking back on it, it actually wasn't that detrimental when you, when you think about it because they were able to win so many road games and now hopefully they can take care of business at home.
1: Well... It was that detrimental because you're still facing a situation that you don't realize can, can be an effect. When you're at home too much, you're, you're getting caught up in what's going on with the family, the kids' games, other stuff. Yep. You're not around your teammates. Your focus isn't as sharp on the games as when you're on the road. All you think about on the road is that game that day. Mm-hmm. Now, if, you, if you're coming in now, out, yeah, you're going to focus. But when you're sitting at home for two weeks... And all you got is home games. If you think you're thinking about the game like you do in the road, you're not. Mm-hmm. So you, you might not be nearly as sharp as you <laughs> thought you were going to be. So it's not as big a benefit. Right. And on top of that, we know it's not a benefit for selling tickets because now every second night the fans got to go to a game. Yeah, it's a problem then. Yeah. So so you, business-wise, there's no you know, upside to no, this.
2: No. No, it, it, it's the old uh, Jacques Lemaire, Louis, hated it. And he told stories. In, in, in fact, because when, when the Wild was going through the 2003 playoff run, he put them up at, at, the, at I believe, the St. Paul Hotel.
1: Oh, I always he, had my teams in hotel in the playoffs. And he was
2: asked about it, and he said, because if I don't do that, then it's, you know, take out the garbage, do this, wake up in the middle of the night. And he's like, in the playoffs, we can't afford to have guys be worried about taking out
1: the garbage. And that was Jacques' big thing. We never, ever had a game in the playoffs where we stayed at home. I always had the teams in hotel. As a matter of fact, when we played Calgary in the semifinals, because we had, you know, a lot of, a lot of Canadian kids and and family, we stayed in Banff an hour and ten minute ride to the rink for lunch, I mean to the rink for practice, and back home, and then back to the game. Because I didn't want anybody bugging the team. They didn't know where we were. We were in a Banff Springs hotel. Oh, they hotel. didn't know, huh? No, no. <laughs> so well, you was... couldn't pull the fire alarm? huh <laughs> Well, I mean, the kids could pull a fire alarm. I mean, no, no, I
2: know, but won't? No. He, but the, no. that's the story, right? Yeah. That oh, sometimes yeah. the opponent, no, the home team, will find no. out where a team yeah. is staying, go pull a fire alarm in them all night.
1: Yeah, no, we we never ever would let people be at home during the playoffs, and that's so that's what I'm talking about here. Your home two weeks, and To maintain focus is a challenge. Yeah, it just made no sense to me. No. For them to come to this team, you know, if
2: it's di- different with the Hawks when, when they, they, for years, had the circus coming to Chicago Stadium, I completely get that. That's a crazy road trip. You're
1: talking four games. Right. But this We is, had the circus when I played. And so, we, in, in fact, when I bought my place in Florida, because we were in Atlanta on a Wednesday and Pittsburgh yeah. we on a Saturday, and everybody would go to the bar on Thursday, I had friends in Florida, in, uh, down in Palm Beach, just come on down. And I went down there, and I bought a place that day and went back, and I was back by curfew. Wait, hold on. I mean, whoa, 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 what? We, yeah. so, you were, so you went down to Florida during the course of a trip and bought it? Yeah, because <laughs> I, had, I had mentors from here that oh. said, when you go play in Atlanta, call us. We're in Palm Beach. We'll come up to the game. So Tuesday I called him. and said, how many tickets do you need? Oh, Louie, it's really nice down here. Can't you come down here? I said, I'm, I'm playing hockey. I'm going to come down here. Well, can't you get away? I said, you know, as a matter of fact, we don't leave for Pittsburgh till Friday. We play there Saturday. we got the circus back in Minneapolis. So I said, everybody goes to the bar after practice on Thursday. I said, i tell you what, I'll fly down. I'll have dinner with you come back. I flew down. I, I liked what I saw. I said, Any, anything for sale? He said, yeah. This, you, you, this friend was going through bankruptcy, and a new place was opening, and he had an option. I said, let's give him a call. I bought the option, had dinner, and came back. What year? My wife, what year is this? 1972, and I've been in Palm Beach ever Wait, since. so,
2: so you, then you called your wife and said, I bought a place? Yeah.
1: <laughs> she said, what are you talking about? Said, Don't worry, you're going to like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you know what? Sure enough, she did. Yes, yeah, she did. Great, we're still better. there. Um, what, what is your understanding of how close the Wild is to getting the January 1st, 2021 Winter Classic at Target Field? Because there, there are reports that that's probably going to happen now. Yeah, and
1: that's why you, you know it's going to happen, because it's been leaked so much, and... And Craig's been a very integral part of the NHL executive board, and he's good friends with Bettman, and and Bettman knows that Craig has wanted this since he bought the team. And, and even though we had an outdoor game, it wasn't a January 1st game. Correct. So I think that uh, the way things are going right now, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, he's going to get it.
0: And would you would you prefer? I know it's rumored Chicago would be possible the opponent. Do you One think? It, do you think out. it'd be any beneficial to have a St. Louis or a Winnipeg? Or, or mm. if you're just hosting, obviously it's going to be a grand spectacle.
1: Well, I think uh, uh, I really think it should be St. Louis, and the reason why I said that because uh, St. Louis was always the first rival of Minnesota, and they are a rival now, and they are the Stanley Cup champions, and they do have a lot of star players. And they will have uh, Tarasenko back, and well, they'll have Kaprasov off here. I mean, there's just a lot of storylines too that nobody's thinking about. That I, I, I would go for St. Louis. And plus, Louis, no offense, but St. Louis got it this year, I think. So they probably won't go. No, back it's Dallas and back. this year in, in against okay, against right. Nashville, but, right? Correct. Right. Well, well, no then, offense, Louis,
2: should. but I'm also just tired of Chicago. Yeah, right. I'm just, they have played in enough of those games. And, and you know what? If this was the old days and it was Secord against Platt and all that, it'd be great. And the Blackhawks, they're a fine team, but I'm with you. St. Louis is more, St. Louis to me would be much more historical in some ways and more fun.
1: You know what people don't think about right now? There's one star in Chicago, and that's Kane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dave's a great player, slowed down. Kane's a great player, slowed down. And those are Hall of Fame players, but they're not what they were. Now, you go to St. Louis and you got, like I said, more star players, starting with uh, Tarasenko there and, and uh, Peter Angelo and they were Stanley Cup champions last year. So I just think that, and, and our first really big rival. The first three years, we always played St. Louis in the playoffs. first four years. They went to the Cup, right? Yeah. Because they advanced through the three expansion years. division. And the year that they changed it, Yep, we won. And we had to go play Montreal before the Cup. Okay.
2: Um, Kaprasov it, it sounds like it's almost certain he's coming. How good do you think he's going to be right off the bat here?
1: I think he's going to be real good. He's uh, a gifted player that can score goals and skate. He's he's not tall. He's probably five ten, but he probably weighs about two five two ten. Oh, so he's solid. Yeah, he's solid. He's gifted. He's going to be. He's going to be tremendous.
0: Uh, and I know there's been talks too of possibly bringing in maybe another Russian player, even one of his teammates in the KHL. I, would that would that help with the transition, having a familiar face for Kirill, or is he just a professional hockey player and, and he knows that if he comes to the NHL, there's obviously not going to be as many of, of many, as many Russians on, on the bench with him.
1: It only helps if the other guy can play. Right. And if he can't play, doesn't help. And believe me, they assimilate very quickly. And he's been playing with a lot of guys. Even on his team, I'm sure there's some Americans on there yeah. in the KHL. So he, I'm sure he's picked up some language. Taylor Hall. He, it sounds like he is definitely going to be
2: traded by the Devils. Where do you think he ends up now? Because that's going to be at a pretty penny when he's
1: dealt. Yeah. <coughs> well, that's a good question. I think if people are, are smart, they wouldn't overpay. One of the places that he could end up, Believe it or not, mm-hmm. if he would be willing to take less, he could go back to Edmonton. Yeah, we, we, but, we've been talking about that too. But I, uh, I think that uh, a guy like that, you got to be very careful because as he's getting older, and and he has already had, you know, he's reached his pinnacle. He's been the most valuable player in the league. He's he's got to be put in a situation to succeed. So guys that he can play with are are good enough. And essentially, you know, he does that when when he is the key guy in the club. So if he's a key guy in the club, that means he's going to a team that's not going to win the Stanley Cup. Because they better have other key guys already there. Like a McDavid, like a Kucherov, you know, if I go around. So it's, uh, I think it's going to be surprising to see where he goes, that the price is not going to be as it was in the past. Yep. And the money's probably not going to be as the people expect it to be.
2: And if I'm the Avs, I don't think I'm going to give up one of my really good young defensemen for him because, one, I'm already pretty good, and two, to your point, he's aging to a certain degree, and you've got to obviously, if you want to keep him, send him to a big new contract. So. I think you're probably right. I I think the expectation of price might not be met when the actual trade is made.
1: Well, let me put it this way. If I was the Avs, I think I'd rather deal for Brodine than I would for Taylor Hall. Because they got so much firepower up front right now. Yep. And you don't have to give as much up, although it's going to be a lot, to get a Brodine as you would to get a Hall. So... I think what you said, Judd, hits the nail in the head. I think the Avs need that one more defenseman more than they need one more scoring wing. What's your sense on, on that
2: when it comes to the Wild and Bill Guerin? Do you think that they, what what's it going to take in your mind for them to make a substantial move? Or do, do you think if they're hovering around that 8-8 eight, eight spot in, in the playoffs, they don't make that move,
1: Lou? There's no way they make the move. I don't care what spot they're in. They don't make a move. No, they cannot. Well, not to give up a first or second run or a young player. Oh you no, like. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying just a trade period of of like a Zucker or oh, oh, a, they don't oh make that move. sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I,
2: I didn't mean Hall. Oh, Hall, you're not. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no.
1: No, they. they but I'm
2: just saying a, a substantial move that might actually bail them backwards out of a playoff spot,
1: but benefit them for 2020, 21, and beyond. I think there's a good chance that I, I don't. Uh, let me put it this way. I don't think that the move is going to back him out of a playoff spot by that time. Where you are then, you can pretty well judge. Sure. And, you know, when you look at it, it's amazing because I used to do this for a long, long time. You can't believe how tough it is to make up five points in a month. You just don't do it. So when a trading deadline comes in the end of February, you got a month left. You pretty well, you know 95% of the times who's going to be in and who's not going to be in. So, I, I don't think that um, uh, there's any doubt that the Wild, if they have something of value that they can move at that time, and not a Rodine, by the way, Right. but some other names that they probably make, make a move. A fraud. Yeah, they'll make a move.
0: Uh, Jason Zucker's had, having, having a terrific year. He's getting the bounces back again. Is, is it just, it, it seems last year, and even there's been moments too this year where. On the breakaway, he just couldn't catch in. Is it. Is Is he just getting more puck luck, and is, and is that the biggest reason why he's been able to put more pucks in the net?
1: No, the biggest reason why is because he's always been a scorer. You expect scores to score. Mm-hmm. And they'll have some down times, and they might even have some streaks where they don't score. But scores score, and guys that don't score don't score. You could have an aberration, mm-hmm. and so you've never been a scorer, and then you get 20 goals, and then you better trade him because he ain't scoring again. <laughs> but Zucker... Scores and he had an aberration because he didn't score as much. Now so he's back scoring. Zucker's a natural goal scorer, and he will score. That that goal is what? Rusher, crusher, usher, right? That's it. When when you're when a guy you who suddenly scores 25 goals? No, when you're a tough guy comes in the league yep. as a crusher and you score two goals, you want to be a rusher, and next thing you know, you're an usher.
2: <laughs> Last thing, Louis, um, Bill, uh, Bill Peters, the coach of Calgary, gets let go because of his treatment of players, which, you know, clearly is reprehensible. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Jim Montgomery of Dallas just got let go. We don't know exactly why, but it, it is, uh, quote, uh, co- basically conduct unbecoming. Uh, Mark Crawford, longtime coach, assistant in Chicago, is put on a leave. This all sort of started to roll, Lou, with the uh, firing of Mike Babcock in Toronto. What's your sort of take on this um, Sudden accountability, which, and I'm not excusing these coaches, but
1: it's, but it's a very interesting and it seems a sudden type of deal. Well, it's culture change. It's society. That's that's the way you know. We've had a lot of different movements of things have uh, are done differently now than they were in the past. In the past, uh, you you never get fired for that. I mean, uh, there there was a lot of coaches hit guys, and uh, I got hit. I mean, you know that was. Some of the things you just expected, and it was no big deal and and uh this went on for a long time, and so some of the older coaches or guys who have been around for a while have been through that themselves, so they just thought it was an accepted practice, which it isn't today and so when they did it and didn't realize the severity of it right and they got called on it, they lose their jobs or or get put on leaves or whatever but uh it, 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 things have changed. I mean, everything changes. Players change, abilities change. It's bigger, stronger, faster. Lighter equipment, charter flights, uh, meals all the time. Well, I mean, everything's changed. So, uh, the way you, you got video, the way you um, are trained, the, the, the techniques they put you through. There's not a thing that's the same. Sure. And, and that goes for coaching. And so, the way you handle people. Is much different in this day and age than the way you could in the '50s, '60s, or '70s, and and that it's not that it makes the guy a bad person now. It's just they weren't aware of it, and it's just I mean, what was accepted practice before is not today. And this puts the
2: onus too on the GMs and the teams, especially, to have to vet things that they probably never
1: thought of in the past. Exactly that. That's why I tell. My grandkids I say I always remember whatever you put on Twitter an employer one day can go back and look at it so you're accountable every day for your actions and and some things that things smart or funny or yeah up you're the right. charts uh, can come back to haunt you and that's what's happened in some of these cases and 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 I you know I, I'm not gonna badmouth the coaches for it because that was the means and methods for them before, but it's not today so and uh, you can accept the reason why there are changes, but you can also accept the reason why guys acted differently than, than they do now. Thank you, sir. Great Thank stuff. You. Thanks, Thanks for little. being with us. Judd's Thank Hockey you.
2: Show from uh, Tavern 23. Check it out in Edina.
1: We'll talk to you later.
0: Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's Dog DNA Test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark
1: Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.